0: This Thursday is Thanksgiving, and so I wanted to use this opportunity to talk a little bit about thankfulness and gratitude and really the importance of going through life with an attitude of thankfulness and contentment for what you have. And this is important for everyone, but especially for followers of Christ, because I would argue that thankfulness is really required in order for God to lead us into acts of righteousness. And if we're going to follow Christ and do his work and his will, that thankfulness is really required in order for us to do that. So in order for us to see how that process works and why it's required, I want to take us to Luke chapter 12 today. And in this passage, Jesus is teaching amidst a crowd of people. And starting at verse 13, we have somebody Make a request of Jesus. So Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 13, says someone in the crowd said to him, "'Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me.' Jesus replied, "'Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you?' Then he said to them, "'Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions.'" But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. So this parable begins with this man asking Jesus to tell his brother to divide his inheritance with him. And in his reply, Jesus warns against being greedy and highlights that life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. See, Jesus realized that the man making this request was someone that had allowed this matter of the inheritance to come between him and his brother. We know that it had come between them because if they had been able to solve it among themselves, then he wouldn't have been coming to Jesus asking him to act as a judge or an arbiter. But this was something that they weren't able to come to agreement on between the two of them, and so he goes to Jesus wanting Jesus to come in and tell his brother to divide the inheritance with him. So they had already reached a place where between this man and his brother there was a division that had taken place that they were not able to solve this issue peacefully. And that's why he goes to Jesus about it. And Jesus recognized this. He recognized that the man had allowed this inheritance to come between him and his brother, and that greed that he had to take that inheritance, or at least part of the inheritance, that strong, greedy desire he had to do that, was destroying his life because it was coming between him and his brother. And he really does, Jesus really does highlight this idea that greed is the, the destroyer of life. Because life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. It doesn't consist in how much we can acquire and consume. And really, the more and more we take, the more and more empty we feel. Because it is never enough to satisfy us. And so Jesus tries to show this man that if he continues with this attitude and actions of greed, that his life is going to become more and more empty and destroyed rather than fulfilled. And that is something that we can see all throughout Scripture. Let's look at some other parts of the Bible to understand what it is that Jesus is warning against. We already see in this passage what life does not consist of, so what Does life consist of where what is life? Where does it come from if we go to John chapter 14 verse 6? Jesus himself gives us the answer as he says I am the way the truth and the life No one comes to the Father except through me So Jesus is the life Jesus is the source of our life and you could go all the way back to, you know, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, of God breathing life into us. All life comes from God. And so the way to have more life is to draw near to God. And it is Jesus that allows us to do that. Jesus is the life. And so we know that we need to draw near to Jesus in order to be given that life, but we're also shown that we can't try to kill two birds with one stone in trying to pursue God and worldly wealth. Because in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it tells us that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So there is a very clear choice that we have to make on whether we are going to pursue Jesus, who is the giver of all life, or if we are going to allow our greed to move us to a place where we are seeking our own self-interest or worldly possessions that moves us away from Christ. And we cannot go after both of those things. We cannot serve two masters. And so we're either going to move closer to Jesus and receive life or as we move further into something else and move further away from Jesus that we really do lose our life. That's why Jesus asks the question in Mark chapter 8 verses 36 and 37. He asks, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So we could still acquire everything in the world, the world itself. We could own all of it and yet still lose our soul if we do not follow Christ. And then we can also see that in the process of pursuing Christ, that not only will we receive life from him, and not only are we in that process of receiving as we chase after Christ, but also there is an element of giving as well. If we go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, it says that whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. So this love for Christ that we have then moves us into a place of loving one another. And scripture is also very clear about what it looks like when we do show others that love. In James chapter 2, beginning at verse 14, says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So we can look at all of these scriptures and see the contrast between greed and life. And it brings us to this place of understanding the choice that we have to make where we are either going to give to others in God's name or take from others until our life is forfeit. And that is what Jesus is trying to warn this man about in Luke chapter 12, saying that if he continues in this path of greed of trying to take away from his brother, it is, it's going to lead to him having his life torn apart. And that's something that we can still see happening today. I have especially seen it in the life of my wife's family this last year, because her grandpa passed away and left an inheritance. And over this past year, the infighting that has resulted from this of people trying to take as much of that inheritance as they can from their own brothers has caused the family to be torn apart. And I know that that's not an isolated event either because I was speaking to a financial advisor who deals with finances for many different people and he said that there's been times he thought fistfights were going to break out in his office between family members over inheritance. So the exact same thing that was happening in this passage of scripture still happens today, where people are allowing their greed to tear their lives and families apart, showing that the more that they take, the less they have in the end. And Jesus then exemplifies that further in this parable that he tells of the man who had so much grain that he had to tear down his barns and build even bigger ones in order to hold it all. But it was all meaningless because his life was going to be taken from him that very night, and so he would not have been able to enjoy any of what he had stored up. And when we hear why he was storing all of this up, it begins to make sense why God would take his life from him. Where he says, I've plenty of grain laid up for many years. I'm going to take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. In other words, I don't have to worry about working or or doing anything for anyone for the next few years because everything I need is going to be provided for. So I'm going to store it up even more so I can... I can do nothing for many more years than I can now, and then I just never have to worry about anything or anyone ever again. And what he's doing is he's using the abundance that he has as an excuse to be lazy, to not accomplish anything for anyone. So then what would be the point of him remaining on earth if he wasn't going to do anything with his life other than consume what he had stored up. The rest of his life had become pointless. And the man in this parable had allowed wealth, allowed that abundance of grain to become an end that he was fighting for. That was the goal that he wanted to achieve. But we need to understand that wealth Is never the end wealth is meant to simply be a means a means of allowing us to do what God wants us to do a couple weeks ago I was at work and I was sitting in the offices where my supervisors are and one of the supervisors I've mentioned him before he's the man that uh, grew up as a believer fell into atheism and then rededicated his life to Christ And he was there and trying to decide whether or not to buy some concert tickets. And everybody else in the office was encouraging him to go ahead, spend the money. Like, you have the money, you can go ahead and spend it, saying that's what money is for, is is to be able to buy things. And when they said that, he responded to them, and I love what he said. He said, money is not for buying things. And everybody looked shocked, like, why would you say that? Of course, like that's what money's for and somebody even asked, well, what else is it for? And he said that the purpose of money is to have what you need to take care of your needs and then the rest to be used to take care of other people's needs. It's not about buying things. It's not accumulating things for yourselves. As long as your needs are met, then you can utilize it to help others whose needs are not met. And I loved the way that he phrased that because in that phrasing was shown the understanding of exchanging greed in order to do the work of God, of realizing what are your needs versus what are your wants and desires and sacrificing those desires in order to do what God has called us to do. So that instead of saying, well, I need this, and I need that, and I need more, to say that I already have what I need, which is this attitude of thankfulness, contentment, and gratitude that I'm talking about, saying I have what I need, all of my needs are met, I don't need anything else, and since I still have more beyond what I need, that instead of just taking that into myself that I'm looking for how I can give it away to others. And that begins with an attitude of thankfulness and contentment. To say, I don't need more than what I have. I am thankful for what I already have and I'm content with what I have. I don't need more. And when you don't need more, when you need less, you're able to give more. You have more to give when there is less that you need. It's not about how much you have, it's about how much you need. Because you can have two cups on a table, and one of them be a very large cup, and the other one a very small cup. And with the same amount of water, if you put it in that big cup, it's not gonna fill up all the way, It's going to take all of that water and still want more in order to be full. But if you take that same amount of water and pour it into that small cup, then not only will that cup be filled up, but then the remaining water that it doesn't need to be full will begin to pour out around it. And that's what Jesus is talking about. That's what my friend was talking about. And that's what I'm talking about today, too, is understanding how little we need and being thankful with what we do have so that the remainder of what we have been given can be given for the work of God's kingdom through giving it to others. Again, it's not about how much you have. It's about needing less so you can give more. And a perfect illustration of this is in Luke chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. It says that as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more Than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. This story teaches us so clearly that we always have something to give to God. We always have something to put to work for His kingdom. It doesn't matter if we have a lot or a little. It's about what do we do with what we've been given. And are we looking to have more for ourselves, or are we looking to give what we already have? God has given each and every one of us so much. Every day, every breath is something to be thankful for. And instead of being greedy, instead of looking for what we can take from others and acquire for ourselves, that ultimately leaves us feeling empty and destroys our lives, if instead of that, we recognize how little we need and how much God wants us to give to help others, to do His work, then we live our life with that attitude instead, with that overflowing gratitude from an attitude of thankfulness. It really is required to lead us into the acts of righteousness that God is calling us to do. And so I want to leave us with this question. What has God given to you that you can use to serve others? What is something God has given to you that you don't need? And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking time, insights, encouragement. All of these things that God has given to us. Health, a healthy body. What has God given to you that you can use, that you can put to work for his kingdom of serving others? Jesus did not come to be served but to serve others, and we are meant to follow in that example. That's what it means to be Christian, to be Christ-like, that we follow in Christ's example of serving others instead of demanding that we get more. And that is my challenge for you today. What have you been given by God that you can use to serve others? And that is today's Sermon in the Pocket. As always, I thank you for taking the time to listen, and I encourage you to share it with others. You can like and rate this program wherever you're listening to it. And if you have any comments or questions for me, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page or email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. But until next time, I pray that God's blessing will be upon you. I thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope that you have a Happy Thanksgiving.